everybody, welcome to another episode of the podcast where we ask the question, remember the aughts? Do you remember that time? It's foggy yet distant memories come back to us. There was a weird thing. I remember when I, I loved the show Jack Horseman. And yeah. I think in the first season, there's an episode where they flash back to 2007. And my brain was like, that's not that long ago. But then I'm like, but it was long ago. And this was 2014. That was six years ago. Yeah. That's insane. And also, just everything looked so different back then. But when you think about it, you don't remember it looking different. But just if you go watch the OC, you'll know <laughs> what we're talking about. Oh, 100%. What <laughs> I'm a Courtney. And I'm Tom. And on this podcast, we talk about everything from to you've got mail. Oh, it took me a second. (laughs) (laughs) Tom just thought that my brain stopped working. No, it's all good. But all right. And from when Windows XP was the new shit and you could finally play Flash videos on your computer... And when all of a sudden uh, there was, I don't even know where I'm going with this, but Xbox, <laughs> Xbox 360. Remember that? Because it, I it, think we've definitely talked about Xbox 360 before, no. and that's okay. I think I talked we about should... the PlayStation 3 because no, I didn't I have you've... I didn't have the Xbox. I had the PlayStation 3, but that I, I felt. I, I think you've mentioned the Xbox before. I probably have, but it's okay. Yes, we're here now. <laughs> yes, in 2020. In 2020. And today is another, not a relaxed fit episode, but it's a it's a simple but near to our hearts episode. Courtney, you, I will give you credit. You took this one. And this is for a very special thing that I know was special for you. And I enjoyed as well. Mm-hmm. I wasn't sure if you had any of it. I did. I used to love it. But then like okay. it became difficult because... This product was already hard to find. So when I was diagnosed with diabetes, to find the sugar-free option was, like, unreasonably difficult. That's fair. Um, So today's episode, we are talking about Joan Soda. In a soft drink world dominated by Coke and Pepsi that seemingly caters only to mainstream tastes, there's still room for a maverick. Since 1987, Seattle-based Jones Soda has carved a small but significant niche in the industry. I just stare out the window and dream about the journey ahead. That's why this is my favorite photo. I send it to Jones and they put it on a bottle. I couldn't find any commercials for Jones Soda. I don't know if you were able to find any. I found old videos and I think I'll start, I'll actually put some in here. But like, it was really like... What was cool about it is that from its conception, I mean, this company starts in, I think, 1996. And that Mm -hmm. was like, it was like the independent punk rock soda. Because it was, I think you even said it's like, it's marketed as the alternative soda. Yeah. Part of the reason that I wanted to do this episode was in tandem with your monster episode. So like, whereas like monster was for like the hard edge lord kind of metalhead, Joan Soda was for the kid in the photography club. Which, that was another fun thing about it. It was when it was founded, the labels, because that was one of their signature thing. Each Joan Soda had a different label and it featured artwork from a photographer 
Victor John Penner. I hope I said his name right. I hope I said it. I don't think I said his name right. <laughs> Everybody, sh- there should just be a caveat with our podcast that um, names get messed up a little bit or misinterpreted and that's okay we don't mean anything to any of the people that we name we're just we're doing a lot in life right now yes yeah but that was the interesting about it was the fact that it came with this really cool artwork it was the alternative soda and it it, i mean it starts in 1995 but i think it for us was more of a thing when we went to middle school Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. I remember specifically for me, Joan Soda first popped up at the local candy store or not even the candy store. It was literally the place where people bought newspapers and cigarettes. Do you remember those stores, those little corner stores that just sold oh, newspapers and cigarettes? Yeah. Oh. I'm trying to remember the first time I had a Joan Soda. One of my cousins got mm-hmm. it. I remember because that's why it was such a 2000s memory for me. They didn't sell them near us until the 2000s. And we would go to the local cigarette and newspaper store with my grandpa, who always had to get his buttered roll and the newspaper. And and that was where they started selling Jones Soda. And one of my cousins actually introduced me to Jones Soda. And he this was back when he used to like pop punk and ska. So there was this like connection already there with Mm -hmm. like more alternative art culture crossing over. I think Joe's first Facebook picture is him drinking a Joan soda. Your Joe? Yeah, yeah. That speaks so he's got his to, piercings yeah. and his like skateboarder hoodies and hats, different brands, of course. They're different skateboarding brands. And uh, he's got a, I think it's the uh, blueberry bubblegum uh, soda. And that was another thing that we can talk about is the flavors. Like these weren't, yeah. they didn't just have like regular cola. Like every, I remember cherry was the one I always went to. Oh, you know what I remember? I think actually the first time that I had Joan Soda might have actually been their juice line. I don't even think it was the soda one. Really? Mm-hmm. Because I remember being <laughs> being appreciative of puns as a young adult. Uh, when we would go to Panera or something like that, they would have Bohemian Raspberry, uh, strawberry manilo they had a juice line and the bottles were a little different than their sodas and they were really good nice yeah. i didn't even realize that yeah my sister used to work at barnes and noble so uh you know we would get the co-worker discount and then i was like oh this is my chance to get that juice that's kind of expensive <laughs> yeah <laughs> but yes yeah, so you were saying how like you'd go to the cigarette store in the newspaper Yep, the cigarette and newspaper store, the corner store. But that's where I first had Jones. And I think it really took off when, like, when I became, like, we started to talk more. Mm -hmm. Like, we talk about Jones Soda, and I remember it just being in the consciousness of my mind, especially in high school. Right, it just existed. Yeah, it existed, and it was definitely the drink of the alt kids. Right, and it was just sort of, like, hard enough to find that you'd be, like, excited like your ears would perk up when you notice a bottle if somebody had one, but it wasn't enough to, you know, survive the 2008 recession. Yeah. Well, because it was like that Jones Soda for me is also like balls energy in that mm-hmm. it was one of those things that we loved. And I think the the scarcity of it kind of added to that. Like whenever, right. like you said, whenever somebody saw someone with Jones soda or with them balls, it was like, oh, we need to go get some right now. Yeah. 
Yeah, and it's just one of those things, like you said, ball soda is just sort of like iconic with our childhood in our adolescent years. You just remember seeing it. Um, my biggest memory with Joan Soda was that when we went to go see Pirates of the Caribbean 3, <laughs> and you know, before they would do the midnight showing, they do that kind of 8 p.m. showing sometimes. So we got into the 8.30 showing. I have no idea why we decided to stop at Stop and Shop uh, before we went to the movie theater. And, you know, you can't let a, couple, a few 15-year-olds, 16-year-olds run rampant in a Stop and Shop because then they'll just come back with three Jones sodas and a giant bag of Tootsie Rolls. So yeah. um, we just bought all of the snacks that we wanted at Stop and Shop and like shoved them in my bag and then just showed up at the theater like we didn't want any snacks. We're not hungry. It's fine. And then we had Joan Soda while we watched Pirates of the Caribbean 3. I like the Joan Soda part. Yeah. <laughs> not going to say how I felt about Pirates of the Caribbean 3. Um, but yeah, that's my, that is my strongest, I think that's like a sensory memory now that's tied to Pirates of the Caribbean 3 is like when I think of, um, you know, Calypso turning into a bunch of crabs, I think of <laughs> Joan Soda. You know what, I, at least you have that. Yeah. I just remember walking out as soon as she turned into a bunch of crabs. That's fair. That that would have been a fair moment. I think that another moment in that movie where we're like, uh, what is the beginning? <laughs> what is this movie yeah you know when you think about like what happens at the end of, of the second one you're like oh my god oh my god what a cliffhanger and then there's just multiple johnny depps on screen yeah i don't know if that was his dr strange audition tape oh but my god it might as well be do you remember when they were there was rumors of him being dr strange yes because at the time, you know, he was at the height of his career. I'm glad he's... I mean, I don't have any hate towards him, but I'm glad he's not Doctor Strange. No. He doesn't look well, aside from other things. I know we've talked about, like, Johnny Depp before, but he doesn't... He, he needs to go see a doctor. He needs to see a doctor. I'm sure it's not good for your health to have your, I guess, former wife shit in the bed. Yeah, that doesn't seem healthy. No. Because he also, he loves his wine. Yes, he does. And it, <laughs> it looks like it's seeping out of his pores. Oh, God. How is that more gross than the idea of his wife shitting in the bed? It does. It, it bothers me so much more. And I don't know why. And like, like, I look at his skin and I'm like, I'm, I'm concerned. This is from a place of concern at how like oily it looks yeah. from wine. And you're 100% correct. Because now I'm thinking about it, I'm like, Johnny, is are you bleeding? Is that yeah. is that wine? <laughs> he just takes a cup and just, um, just puts it, it to his cheek. Yeah, exactly. Um, but no, I'm glad that I'm, I'm glad that Benedict Cumberbatch is Doctor Strange. He suits it well. Yeah, yeah. So, I will give a quick history on the foundations of Joan Soda. And I think what will serve our purpose well is to kind of following the history, because mm -hmm. like I said, we discovered it in the aughts and it's argue there's an argument to be made. That was the peak of Joan Soda. It's still right. around, but they have a, they, I, I, it's interesting that they remained fairly independent throughout their, their time. Yeah. Like they never like 
similar to like to to balls again like they like you can only i think balls survives because they distribute to every micro center on the planet i right, think exactly whereas jones i remember like i think you can get them at target I don't know. I went to Stop and Shop yesterday, and apparently you can they, they don't sell them anymore, which is sad. But That sucks. yeah, but there is a small little candy shop on Jericho that um, sells them and is like one of their like number one sell sales. So like, they highlight the Jones soda as part of their stock. So I'm glad that, that they're doing that. There is a, there's actually a small candy store by me that sells them currently. And I know this because I walked by oh, cool. it and I was like, I got to show Courtney this. And yeah. I think that's like the staple of Joan Soda. You find it in the, like an offbeat candy store or a place where your grandpa buys cigarettes and newspapers. Right. And I think also when we were teenagers and there were these H Marts and different um, like Asian grocery stores popping up. Um, you know, there's such an interest in different little sodas and marble sodas. So we were already like very interested in all these like different flavors and soda pops. So Jones Soda just sort of fit in with that nicely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So Jones yeah. Soda, mm -hmm. their humble beginnings. According to their own website, uh, they so Jones Soda was developed in 1995 and introduced in 1996 with six flavors, orange, cherry, lemon, lime, strawberry, lime, raspberry, grape in 12 ounce glass bottles. I think that's something we didn't mention. That was another unique thing about it is that they, we got them in glass bottles. Also, you'd open the cap and there'd be a little like whimsical piece of advice or you know, a pleasant little thought that was meant to inspire you on the back of the cat. Yeah. Yeah. And that was another, like, I think that was one of the reasons we really were drawn to it because this was when you could only get, like, you know, Coca-Cola and Pepsi came in either a plastic bottle mm -hmm. or a can. Mm -hmm. So for something to come in glass, I think one, first of all, it's also probably the, weirdly enough, like the tastiest <laughs> packaging totally. to drink totally. a separate a beverage in mm -hmm. but like to have soda in a glass bottle for us as kids growing up when everything was childproof was right. kind of cool yeah it made us feel a little bit grown up yeah uh the company was founded by peter von stolk as a beverage distributor in western canada this is another thing it started in canada and they the company distributed other beverages such as Arizona iced tea and Thomas Kemper. Mm -hmm. So that's really like all I have from their beginnings. This is like a small company with no controversies. <laughs> the, yeah. Tight lip, just doing their thing. Uh, in 1998, Joan Soda attended a pride parade in Vancouver and all the proceeds were donated to Vancouver pride. Nice. They also attended San Francisco Pride Parade. Nice. And I think where we talk about like the whole photo aspect of Joan Soda starts in 1999. Mm -hmm. And you could buy customizable Joan Sodas with pictures that you uploaded. And then um, according to their website and from what I see, the big takeoff was the 2000s. This right. is when you, they kind of meld in with like the sports crowds. Not even just like sports, but like skateboarding, skateboarding. biker mm -hmm. crowd, you know. 
the extreme sports that would that like monster would take in 2001 and just run with right and then you mentioned the jones juice that was introduced in 2001 yeah that was pretty good and it mentions that panera and starbucks were the big vendors for where they would sell those really i didn't know they sold them at uh starbucks mm-hmm. wow that's you know what i think the problem is What's is that, that Like, I think that's exactly why they probably aren't doing as well now as when we were younger and why the soda label has carried on much longer is because the sodas are so much more striking. Yeah. The juices were meant to be, like, kind of calming. They've got the cute music puns. You could see it on the shelf and just walk right by it. But the sodas, they just pop out at you. The bright colors. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Um, in so, 2003, mm-hmm. this is when we get to like specialty edition packages, which you were talking about how like that was a big thing was these holiday packages they would release. Yes. Their flavors would get a little wild. Um, I have a list of them here. Should we save that for later or should we read them now? Let's read them now. Okay. Okay. So um, this is a series of soda flavors that they would put in their holiday packets. Uh, We used to watch MySpace videos of people trying Mm -hmm. to drink these. There was the Jones Soda Challenge. I was going to try to obtain one of these holiday packs. And you know what, Tom? I'm glad I didn't (laughs) because I found a video of people trying these sodas from 2006. And then they tried them again like three years ago, and they said that they all went bad. So I'm glad we didn't do it. Yeah, that's weird. So there are some that you're kind of like, hmm, I think I would like that. And then there are some that are like intentionally gag reflexive. So cranberry, pumpkin pie. Okay. Brussels sprouts. Oh, Takes a turn, doesn't it? Yeah, that that was quick. Turkey and gravy. Oh. They always did turkey and gravy. That one always came with it, no matter what the other flavors were. Okay. Wild herb stuffing, which I feel like I could actually stomach. Oh. (laughs) Green bean casserole. No, thank you. Mashed potatoes and butter. Poutine? That's, I think that's the North Northeast American Canadian influences, the poutine. Right. And I have to say, and we're going to come back to this, I've not seen a bottle of this poutine, Jones Soda. I've only seen the actual company mention it. And later on, I'm going to mention uh, where I found that because that's very important to the 2000s as well. Okay. Dinner roll. All right. Sweet potato. Okay. I feel like I'd actually drink that. Uh, you know what? Let's let's we're already in it. Yeah. We're we're already in this thing. Um also, you know, when you're tortured so much by all the other flavors like dinner roll and mashed potatoes, that sweet potato feels like a gift in Stockholm syndrome. Yeah. Pea soda. Oh. This one this one I, I really don't know. Antacid. Oh, antiacid, like Tums. Yes. Um, I watched a few videos that I remember were the videos I watched on MySpace as a teenager. 
Um, they said it had like a Pepto-Bismol bubblegum kind of flavor. Okay. Broccoli casserole. Ooh. This one, this one's definitely the worst. Smoked salmon pate. Ugh. How do you even get that to be a flavor? I don't, I don't know. That means that you have to sit there and combine different flavonoids and different notes and say, "Yes, I've I've gagged enough on this one. This is the perfect combination of smoked salmon and pate." That's what are we talking about? Mm-hmm. What is happening here? And surprisingly, if you go back and, and watch the videos, the one that uh, makes people gag the most I've seen, aside from, you know, some of the more obvious ones that we've mentioned, corn on the cob has a weird, weird taste, apparently. Well, because I think, like, that would maybe be the hardest to replicate. Like, right. corn on the cob, because that's, like, you got to get the replica. Ugh. Yeah. What, you know, like when you open a can of corn and there's like that juice that sits in there. Yes. Is that what you're drinking? Like that's they just put that in some in carbonated. Oh, can I can I tell you something, Tom? Sure. Did you I, drink the corn? No, but I do like <laughs> that flavor. <laughs> Courtney drinks it the just, corn. It reminds me of my grandma because she would just make corn from the can and she would just pour it in the bowl. Like that's it. Well. <laughs> you got your corn so um that's the the hot controversy here is that i like corn juice that's okay i'm not, I'm not judging um and then the last uh holiday pack flavor which i feel like i'd also really like is pecan pie i feel like that would go a long way yeah i feel like that'd be really good yeah i don't know if i'm just desensitized from all the other flavors but i hear that and i'm like that would sound like a good soda right um in 2010 Time Magazine made a list of the top 10 bad beverage ideas from the 2000s, and number four was the Jones Soda Holiday Packs. Goddamn. And um, along with that set, just to, you know, compare it to what was also on the list, um, Coors Rocky Mountain Sparkling Water. Okay. Coors tried to make a sparkling water. Uh, Coca-Cola tried to make carbonated milk, which is a normal beverage in most Asian communities. Um, I've had carbonated milk from H Mart and grocery stores like that, but I mean, I'm not surprised at all that Coca-Cola failed at it. Yeah. Um, Omni Consumer Products combined forces with HBO to make a drink called True Blood. Really? Which you can guess what it's supposed to be. Um, and there's no surprise why they're on that list, too. Um, what is it supposed to be? It's supposed to be blood. Oh, how yeah. did I not realize this? It's like, I'm just like, like, what would the consistency be? You know, like, blood is one of those things that, like, you know, we, there's a YouTube channels where they, like, challenge themselves to cook with certain things and... There was one where a guy had to make a molten chocolate lava cake with blood. And what? The, yeah, and um, oh. the visual of that really upset me because I know how oh. blood co- coagulates. Oh. It really grossed me out so much. I was very upset. I'm just putting it that I'm putting it out there. Tom, have you ever tried blood sausage? No. Oh, okay. I don't want to. <laughs> fair, fair. <laughs> um, it, it usually provides that response. Um. 
I have tried it at a barbecue with my in-laws Polish family and they just like grilled it to death um, and that was really really good I really liked that because it was like crispy and charcoal like it was just that perfect grill flavor. I'm, a, I'm mm-hmm. a weird individual in that I technically have to deal with my own blood every day true and I am still very queasy around it like it's funny because I'm the one that watches all the horror movies but like the something about it being on screen does not affect me. But in real life, I will faint. That's I faint, fair. I fainted once having a blood test. <laughs> See, for me, um, I I have stopped having a fear of needles, so that's good. Fair. That that just stopped. One I don't day. mind needles, but you know what? I, you right. know, it's weird. Like needles, I have no affinity towards. Mm-hmm. It's the it's that like, but it's just that blood taking needle. Because yeah. it doesn't look like a syringe. Like a syringe to me seems like I know people are terrified of needles and syringes. Right. But there's something about the way it looks and is shaped and can be held comfortably that makes me feel like, okay, this is this is just this is a comfortable device yeah. that is made to do it efficiently. But when I see that weird fucking tube with I the I know, blue- I was gonna say it's so anxiety inducing yeah. to see them like set up for it. Because it doesn't look stable and mm-hmm. it's like, are they gonna <sighs> I'm really why did we go down this road, Courtney? From Jones Soda to Blood. Oh, God. Welcome to Remember the Yachts. <laughs> um, you know, ugh, I don't, I don't know. I would much rather, like, of the list of drinks, I'll take the carbonated milk. I'll, I'll try Coors Rocky Mountain sparkling water, and I'll take the Jones Soda holiday packs. But, like, intentionally trying to drink something... Because of vampires seems like a bad idea. It yeah. seems like it's leading to later choices that could be detrimental to society. That's just my opinion. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree 100%. And I was, look, when I do my research, I found this out. Joan Soda, did you know they had an energy drink? Yes. Whoop-ass and Joan's energy. Whoop-ass cola. It'll kick your ass. Your ass. Yeah. In 1999, Jones introduced Jones Soda Whoop-Ass, later just simply shortened to Whoop-Ass. They I were don't the... remember Whoop-Ass, but I remember just Jones Soda Energy. Yeah, because they, they did introduce just Jones Energy, mm-hmm. which came in 8-ounce Kansas Mixed Berry Lemon Lime Orange and Sugar-Free Jones Energy. What's interesting is that, like, technically they predate Monster and all the energy drinks that blew up in the aughts. Right. And it's it's strange to me how, and we talked about this before we started recording, it's strange to me how um, they started expanding in the 2000s and doing so well. And then all of a sudden in 2007 and 2008, they recorded an $11.6 million loss and, like, it, it didn't work out. So then they had to start reducing and yeah. downsizing again. Because that's when their energy line was discontinued was in 2008. Right. And I, I, maybe it's because they just couldn't capture that side of the market. Like Jones Soda itself was bordering on the market of Monster, but was more chillaxed, more photographed vibes, more like this is the alternative soda. Mm-hmm. But they maybe didn't package themselves as the hardcore energy drink. Right. Because even their even their energy drinks were more like Red Bull, like eight ounce cans rather than the giant 
Yeah, 16 ounce cans. Right. And somehow Monster survived um, and like sort of navigated different trends. But it seems like Jones Soda just couldn't figure out what to do next. And then they, they tried the canned soda and it's just not the same. Like you said, it feels so good to have like a glass soda. And once they started the canned soda, it's like, no, that's not what you guys do. That's not your thing. Yeah. And I think that was a big thing that happened. They was when did they try to introduce the cans? Two thousand seven, which was right before the crisis, and mm-hmm. did not take off very well. Yeah, it says um, on their Wikipedia page, um, because there's not much else that you can find. That on January twenty second, two thousand seven, they tried to launch the twelve ounce cans, and then by April. Um, they switched to cane sugar, which I think is great. Maybe that, you know, did cost them like, you know, effective, like cost in the sense of like, is it more expensive to have cane sugar in their soda? But I'm glad that they did that. Um, and then, yeah, literally that same year they reported a loss. Yeah. It's interesting. Cause this, at this time in the early two thousands, they go from Vancouver to Seattle, mm-hmm. they become Joan, that's when they really like the whole company becomes Joan Soda. Mm-hmm. And if you look at like their history, they're doing well in the early aughts. You know, they got the juice line. They do the, they had a special edition holiday hot, uh, hot wheels pack. <laughs> they're, yeah, they've, uh, they've done a lot of partnerships. Yeah. Yeah. And that that's even a tradition that continues to this day, the partnerships. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, 2006, they, I think this is like the peak of Jones Soda was when they went, when they announced that they were going to be using real cane sugar. And then just a year later, two years later, it just unfortunately, like, it, they just had to cut back. Mm-hmm. Now, they have mentioned on their site that they have a bacon flavored Jones Soda. And I got to tell you, it. I've never seen it. Neither have I. Looking it up right now. Jones Bacon Flavored Soda on Delish.com. Let's see. Um, yeah, no, you could probably only get it in Seattle. Yeah. It's probably just there. And, yeah, but like what I was saying, they do a lot of partnerships. In 2018, they came out with a Nuka-Cola line. Hmm. In collaboration for, well, Fallout 4 came out before 2018, but that... That was when they released the Nuka-Cola soda. Have you ever played Fallout? No, I've watched Joe play it, and I was very surprised by like what actually happens in it. It seems a lot like Animal Crossing, to be honest. <laughs> it's post-apocalyptic. It's... You're running errands. You do a lot of walking. Listen. That's what I got from it. I like to explore the wasteland. Yeah. <laughs> uh, fun fact, I think Fallout New Vegas is the best one in the series. And Maybe Fallout... that's the one. Mm-hmm. Fallout 4 is very overrated. Okay. Fallout 4 is the one that came out on the new consoles generation, but in the aughts, Fallout had a huge boom with the, with, I forgot what generation. I don't even know what they call these generations, but I would say like the PlayStation 3 generation. Mm-hmm. When mm-hmm. Fallout 3 came out and it was like this massive successful hit and then Fallout New Vegas. Fallout New Vegas is by far the best game. Fallout 4 is overrated, but... <laughs> Nuka-Cola 
Joe and Soda releases a special cooperation brand of Nuka-Cola, which is a soda from the game, and Nuka-Cola caps are the currency in the wasteland. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I see now. I also want to give big props. It seems like from the very beginning, they've always been about pride. Like, in 2019, they did they did a pride, a pride Across Canada campaign. And you know what it is? Like, in the... In like the 2010s to now, it's easy to see companies just throw pride on something and be like, "We're pride," and right. then you have to question like the legitimacy of like, "Are are we, are we cashing in on the wokeness right now? Are we are we?" Right, um... which a lot of companies have done in 2020. Yeah, like what 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 would you call it? It's um, uh, uh virtue signaling. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're trying but to when... jump the trying to join the bandwagon. Yeah, but being that they started with pride like in night like the big thing about them being in the parade the vancouver parade and then the san francisco parade in the 90s right like in the 90s like we literally like i love this movie to death but we still had a scene in like can't hardly wait where they're like oh are you a fag like this is this is an era where yeah, like, there's still so many movies right we could it was still damaging to be like oh they they're in the pride parade but like right. So hats off to them. They aren't virtue signaling. This is like a part of their brand. It's a part of who they are. And I think it goes with like the whole artistic credibility of like to this. I think to this day, they still do like the bottles with individual images on them, right? Yeah, I can still remember the one Joan Soda photograph that I kept on my wall in my childhood room. Like I still remember what it looks like. I can imagine one of the appeals is that if you like, you could make a beautiful collage yes. of just collecting Joan Soda images. Mm-hmm. And I, I, you actually mentioned to me today that you can customize it, and then I remember that you can, you know, set a big order and you could customize Joan Sodas for your wedding, which I think is very cool, and probably only something from our generation would think is cool and fun. Um, but I, I really like that, that it makes it feel personal. It makes me feel like I have control over advertising in a company, which is awesome. And having any autonomy as a teenager is thrilling. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And what's interesting is that if you go on YouTube, you will find those old MySpace videos of yes. like the Jones Soda taste tests. They're still there. Oh, I wish I would. I wish I'd watched this before. The show Modern Marvels had a segment on Jones Soda. Oh, really? Yeah, it's only four minutes long. Okay, we'll we'll watch it another time. Yeah, though, I can't believe I yeah. didn't even think to watch it beforehand. I know, I didn't really, I only looked up, and that's, that's what kind of uh, brand this is. I only looked up the old MySpace kind of videos, and if you even look up things that people have written about Jones Soda, it's not on a new website. No. It's like a live journal-looking website. Yes, live yeah. journal. What a place. Yeah, Zanga. I actually thought about Joan Soda not long ago because um, I do like the YouTube channel uh, Good Mythical Morning. Mm-hmm. And they did an expired Thanksgiving Joan Soda taste test. Oh, they did? Yeah, I think they actually talk about it quite a bit. They okay. do talk about Joan Soda a lot. I think because it, it – like, they're much older. Not much. They're, like, what, maybe, like, five to ten years older than us, right. Rhett and Link. Right. But they they have the fond memories. And for, for us, it was, like, or like, like late middle school, high school. For them, that was, like, college years. And I can totally see it being, like, the drink preferred by, like, 
dumb, dorky college kids who aren't like into the more edgy, hardcore side of, you know, the energy drink. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But definitely like artistic guys who were like, oh, we drink Jones soda. We don't drink Coke, which Coke is the goddamn devil. (laughs) Well, you know what's funny? I can't imagine um, being in like college or in my 20s during the aughts because there is something that feels very teen-like about the aughts. Yeah. And maybe that's just because of how we see it. But then I look back at photos and I'm like, no, like a bunch of teenagers ran 2000 to 2010. Yeah, mm-hmm. they did. But, what a different um, time. Yeah. I remember talking to one of my coworkers, um, one of my friends, and we were talking about, you know, to the windows, to the walls, <laughs> to the walls. And I was like, oh, they play that song all the time at the middle school dance. And they were like, oh, middle school. Right. Yeah. Great. Not college. Okay. Sure. <laughs> Interesting that they also like played. I mean, they tried the censor, but they really didn't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It didn't go well. I think we eventually do, they would just stop trying. We can do a whole episode on, because we talk about it in previous episodes, how they there was this like fetishization and mainstream adaptation of hip hop culture. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like you were allowed, like you could have a little John song where he says, till the sweat drops down my balls, ah, these eight skeet motherfucker. And that was okay to play at middle yeah. school. Right. But... If you brought up NWA, that was forbidden. Like, goddamn, how dare you? Don't don't do that. Right. And I think that I don't know, when I have kids, if they have music with curse words in it, just just let them listen to it because, you know, it we all did it at some point in our childhood. Yeah. You know, it happens to everybody. And then you become the grown up and you try to keep them from the things that you did as a child. And it's like, nah, just just be open about it. It's yeah. cool. Well, I have a good. I have an interesting question for you. Yes. Do you remember the first yeah. album or CD that you bought explicit concept on it? Oh, because I remember mine. Oh, what was yours? It was Rob Zombie's past, present, and future album, which was like a collection of his best hits. Yeah, uh-huh. past, present, and future. And it was a collection of Rob Zombie's music along with some of the best from White Zombie. And what I loved mm. about it is like like this also, the album art is so 2000s. It's unbelievable. It's just a weird picture of Rob Zombie with a giant like scar across his head with bolts like Frankenstein. The weird blood really? font. Uh, and it came out in 2003. And it features songs from White Zombie, from La Sex Cristo, Devil Music Volume 1, Astro Creeps. Then the then it goes into Hellbilly Deluxe, The Sinister Urge, and uh-huh. House of a Thousand Corpses soundtrack. And what I loved about this CD, it came with a DVD of all the music videos. And that w- I would just let that DVD run in the background at parties because that was like my favorite. Like that, I was obsessed with this CD. Okay. I don't know. I had such weird taste of music as a child. I mostly listened to like 70s music and then we've talked about this like Euro pop dance music. Um, and then somehow I made this transition over into emo. And I do remember in the fourth grade when some 41's like big hit came out. Um, 
it, uh, oh my God, I can't remember, Fat Lip. When Fat Lip came out and the album was called All Killer No Filler, I was like, oh my God, that's so <laughs> scary. It's called All Killer No Filler. <laughs> There will be no filler. Who would, who would do that? Like I, that seemed um, intense to me as a kid, but I I do remember the first album I had an adverse reaction to because of its oh. curse words, which was "Senses Fail." Oh, okay. Yeah, I bought a bunch of. I mean, I, I've mentioned this before um, to a lot of people because I I still remember. I loved doing this, but like. Once I turned 13, I stopped really wanting Christmas gifts, and I told my parents, like, just take me to Tower Records and let me buy as many CDs as you will let me buy. And in that mix, I bought Senses Fails CD, and their single was actually, like, a lot more palatable than the rest <laughs> of the stuff that was on the album. And I was just like, I don't like this. I don't like this at all. They're saying mean things. So I just, like, pushed it away and never looked at it again. <laughs> So that's what I remember is senses fail. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, that was the first thing that came to mind. Other than like being nine, being like, oh my God, all killer, no filler. Why would they say that? I remember, yeah, Past, Present, Future was the first album I got where I remember explicitly that like my mom being like, don't don't start worshiping the devil. But literally a year prior to that, I bought um, 50 Cent's in the club <laughs> and then and then go, i and then i go, bought 50 cents go. the massacre no his yes. album was get rich or die trying and then the second album was the massacre which some of those songs i won't lie are still pretty dope <laughs> like yeah to be honest when we were kids that music i just had no interest in it and i feel like the rap music that i've liked that people have come out with since I definitely like that more, but it's made me turn around and appreciate that stuff from our middle school years a lot yeah, more. But it was always interesting, like I said, because that was, even though, like, I don't want to say anything about 50 himself. He's a, you know, he does his own business thing. I respect <laughs> his creative and business endeavors. But there's still, like, that was the mainstreamification of, like, what would have been, like, thug rap. But, like, right. it was safe because you could play in the club at the middle school dance and it's a little taboo because he maybe talks a little bit about the sex, but it's okay. Right. And also, if you look, if you just Google MySpace pictures, you're going to find a bunch of white teenagers, probably from Long Island or a similar location where you've got a bunch of white kids doing like the West Side sign. I remember doing, that. Like, the blood sign. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because we just thought that that was okay back then. G-Unit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um but yeah, that's I don't know. I, I do still like R&B and hip hop that either came before that time or after it much more. But I can still like enjoy some of it more now. And I, I always love Usher. Oh. That should just be canon. I love Usher. These are my confessions. That, he's I mean, that, I had that album do. too. <laughs> yeah, he's great. <laughs> it was really good. Um, have you seen, I don't know if you checked this out, but on the Joan Soto website, the petition to bring back the holiday pack? No. When did that happen? Okay. So if you go to Joan Soda and 
there will be a jot form that was made. The only date that it says is 2017. It says, like, in 2017, we hereby demand a holiday pack. Um, please give your name and list three flavors that you would want for the Thanksgiving holiday pack. So I was just, like, thinking about holidays and... You know, I, I figured they kind of hit all of the actual literal flavors. So I, I suggested concepts as flavors. Um, disagreeing political views. The question, when are you going to get married? <laughs> and the concept of Santa appearing on the Thanksgiving parade. Um, I would submit the, the theme of um, when are you going to have grandchildren? When are you going to give me my grandchildren? When are you going to give me grandchildren? (laughs) You live still, you still live in my home. You are not capable of getting a 401k or, you know, stock investment. But when are you getting me grandchildren? Listen, listen, I understand all your concerns. But grandchildren, though. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's just like so completely like not based on any sustainability for creating a family it doesn't matter or um this one's personal to me mm -hmm. um why don't you just find a really nice girl (laughs) yeah why not just find a really nice one and (laughs) don't (laughs) find a nice one because i was intentionally looking for the bad one like (laughs) Right. I was just searching them out. I just shouted in the streets, I need a bad girl <laughs> real fast. I got to bring her to Thanksgiving to disappoint my parents. Because that's always the plan. Yeah, we I, we want you to live your life, but um, what are you going to just find a nice girl and um, no rush. But if you can get married by like 2021. Right. <laughs> I always like... um. Another one would have been, you know, a family member cheats when you play Jenga. Nobody likes that. Don't do that. Um, So I decided to hit submit just to see what would happen. Because I just, I had this sneaking suspicion. I had to keep following and find out where it would go. I love to know the updates if they take it. So this is what happens when you press submit. What happens? I received um, a block up when like a blocked window that's supposed to pop up and so I had to go back and like you know change the the pop-up notifications and then I press submit again and then just like a true 2000 dream um, the po- the pop-up window takes you directly to the music video for never gonna give you up by Rick Astley. Did they just Rick roll you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that's just like, I like, you know what? I appreciate Joan Soda sticking to who their demographic is. We should submit some photos. I should submit. Well, you should too, actually. I would love to submit some photos. 
It also sets a challenge. Yeah. I love the black and white aesthetic, but I mean, all of October I did orange. That was my whole aesthetic was just orange. So just you know, change the change the levels. I'm totally down to do some more photos and submit them. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Jones Soto. That would be fun if somebody had a soda with one of our pictures on it and they're just like, wait a second. That would be so cool. I've seen this before. Wait, maybe we should. Yeah. We should take a photo and submit it and be like, this is for the podcast where we talk about Joan Soda. Maybe they'll be really cool and be like, yeah. <laughs> That'd, That'd be, be cool. rad. Imagine us on a Joan Soda. That'd be pretty cool. We should tell them when this episode is done. Hey, we made this entire episode about your soda. And we love your soda. Let's collaborate, brah. Collaboration. Um, what was your what was your favorite flavor that you I tried? Think, Do you remember? I think I always did cherry. That was like the go to, or mm-hmm. or the apple flavor. Mm, a lot of people liked the apple yeah, flavor. Yeah, uh, green apple. Um, they had a blue mm-hmm. bubble gum, which was pretty cool. But like, I always went, I always went cherry because like. No, you can't go wrong with cherry. That's fair. Um, I really liked blue bubblegum when I was younger. I don't know. I feel like I would only be satiating that like childhood memory. And then I would actually, it would be too sweet for me. But um, I did love berry lemonade. Did you know they had a Warhead flavor in collaboration with Yes. Warhead? Yeah, they also had 7-Eleven flavors and... I'm a little disappointed by what they made with that because they're just pretty basic flavors. Oh, can you even, you can't even, yeah. I don't think you can buy Joan Soda at 7-Eleven now. Probably not. <laughs> like, it's weird that many years later, in spite of it all, the only place I know where I can get it is the small candy store in my neighborhood. Right. I think that they sold the 7-Eleven pack and that was like limited edition, but... When you think about the question, like, who would want that or who would, you know, make sure that they record trying the flavors, if you look up that person, that person looks exactly like what you yeah. think they're going to look like. No, I'm looking at their diet flavors because if I were to enjoy one now, it'd have to be right. diet. They don't have a whole lot of diet, but they have one that sounds amazing. They have diet strawberry lime. That mm. sounds fantastic. I like the strawberry lime. The strawberry lime is good. I got to find me some Jones soda. Um, I do remember the mints for a short while. I remember the, the packaging for the Jones soda mints. So I am very curious. I want to know where we mm-hmm. could potentially, so I wonder if they, they still got to take photography photos, right? Totally. I don't know where they, where you would submit that. Um, they have, I don't know. Their website's very confusing. It is. They haven't contact me. Maybe we should just write to them using the remember our email and be like, Hey, yeah. We're fans. We wrote. We want to write to you and see if we can. We just want to say, give our appreciation and see if you guys are still taking fan submitted photos. That'd be cool. We'll keep you all updated on how that goes. Oh, here it is. Submit photos. Be on a label. Okay. Cool. All right. Let me see. You can buy the photos, but I want to know what. Oh my god, this the page for it is so two thousands. I gotta share it with you just for you to see this. Yes, I'm sharing do. it in our Zoom chat. This is okay. amazing how, like, because the website itself is new, up to date, and fancy and artsy. But then I went to the submit a photo, and I'm like, oh boy. Sure. 
Let me see. I'm opening it. Oh my god. Right? <laughs> oh, the font. The font and the and navigating the pages. Oh my god, this is amazing. So, the way they do it, you can do you can order a custom where you pay $45 per dozen with the photos you want or mm-hmm. you can just post a photo and it's free and if they like it they'll use it. But I think mm. What a what an amazing comeback would be at near the end of 2020 into 2021. We just start this like thing where we're submitting photos for Joan Soto. That'd be incredible. You know who would love this? We know who would love this. Dave would yeah. love this. Yeah, Dave yeah, would yeah. love this. Yeah. Actually, does he even like yeah. Joan? I'm going to ask him right now and I'll have the text while we wrap the episode. Be like, Dave, oh, please. do you like Joan Soda? Um, what I love about this, like, vote for the best photo thing is, like, clearly there are only, like, one or two votes on any of the pictures. <laughs> Thanks. Now I feel like I need to vote on every single one of them. We should do that. That's our new goal. I like the one with the kid who is dressed like Alex DeLarge, but I don't know if they would get that. I don't know if that would be allowed. Mm. Let me see. Let me go back to the yeah, gallery. And- about the photo. My seven-year-old dressed as Alex from Clockwork Orange. It's amazing. I love the battleship one. Honolulu, oh, Hawaii. That was submitted. That was submitted two days ago. Wow. Oh, cool. Shout out to Nicole Griffin. Griffith. I I kind of like the, the dog. Yo, I found my new favorite one. Sean Donnelly. Uh... Where's that? In Canada. Well, I don't know if it's Canada because it's a picture of a... In Canada. It's a picture. It's like a desert with a trailer. I oh, love yeah, yeah, this yeah. one. I like but that the, too. But why does this webpage look like MySpace? Oh my God. There's totally somebody who is just like posting pictures of himself. Oh man. There's... Oh, I love this couple one. That one's beautiful. Like the one of just them yeah, smooching? Yeah, that's also from Nicole. Nicole's sending a lot. We. It seems like it's like the same people who just send a lot. We we gotta, we'll decide. Maybe we'll ask a poll. We'll pick some of our yeah. favorite photos. We'll make a poll and submit the ones people think we should submit. Right. Oh, I like the one. There's one that's a few pages down. It's like a, um, it's of street art of the Mona Lisa and then next to it is just Marilyn Monroe's lips and they're both like street art that just happen to be next to each other. I oh, like that. There's a baby hedgehog one. There is a baby hedgehog. I miss There's Bruce. a dog in a cow costume. Sure. <laughs> All right. Well Tom, yeah. I think now is a fair time to ask the question. Yeah. And it seems kind of silly considering this one does still exist. Mm-hmm. Tom do you think that Joan Soda would be successful today? Honestly, I think it would be much. It would have in the 2010s, maybe if it, like if it started brand new, right? In 2010, with the whole pride thing behind it, and like the whole artistic thing, like especially with the boom of like Instagram and you know um, Visco, mm-hmm. like this is totally the drink of Visco girls. I'm surprised that it's not like bigger amongst the weird Visco girl, e-girl crowd. Yeah, Visco girls, you guys, you need to step up because you're missing out on Joan Soda. I think it's a drink that was really cool, 
but maybe hit too early, I think it would have、mm. done better now. Fair. Especially with the whole health conscious movement, like true cane sugar and interesting and whole, flavors, whole art aspect of it. Like, it's still going. Like, Jones is by no means like in a bad place, but it's like, like we're thinking it didn't have, it's, I don't think it's at its peak like it was when in like 2006.、Mm-hmm. What do you think? No, I, I think you're right. I think had they marketed to. You know, hipsters as they started swarming Williamsburg, Brooklyn. I think, I think you're right. I think it would have been a really good idea. And especially with the weird flavors, I feel like that's so perfect for what people like right now. I'm just a little surprised that for whatever reason their marketing just hasn't. I think because they're still just like sticking with, they have this like sort of time capsule element to their advertisement.、Yeah. Yeah, I think if anything, let's start the rebrand. Let's, let's、yes. make Jones Soda popular again. Yes. Also, as a side、soda. note, Dave responded. He said, sure. Sure. <laughs> no, that he sure, would submit just... his photos or that he likes Jones Soda. That he likes Jones Soda. Okay. We should probably let him know that it's for the podcast. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not letting him know. <laughs> All right. Well, Oh, with that,、mm-hmm. we want to talk our weekly obsession. Sure. Nice. What's your weekly obsession, Tom? It's weird because I didn't do anything for a week because I was working. That's fair. It feels、um, like everything's been at a standstill. Yes. Yeah. But I did, I finally started, I'm three episodes in to the last season of The Good Place. Now, are you sure it's the last season? Because I could have sworn that I ruined something big for you. No, what happened is. I know you mentioned some spoilers, but I know for a fact that season, the, the season prior to the last, a character makes a very big decision. And I think that's the one you mentioned.、Mm-hmm. And I forgot it for some reason because it's been so long since I watched it. But the moment I got the recap, I'm like, okay, I understand what's happening.、Okay. I understand that they're performing this weird test. And I'm totally on board. And I'm really excited to finish off this amazing show at the end of 2020. Made me cry. Like a good cry. It, it's a、yeah. very good cry. Sometimes we need it. Yeah.、Um, I had an obsession planned, and then, like, literally five minutes before we started recording,、um, Mumtoon came out with a new music video with Carly Rae j e p s e n and I was like, ooh, I, I like this、um, for her song, Okay on Your Own. But、uh, I, w- I would say, just overall, for the past week, it would be. Maya Rudolph. Yeah. Yeah.、Fair. I love Maya Rudolph. I think that, you know, she. I, I think back then when everyone was like all hyped about, like, I know she's successful. She has a good, she's had a good career, Maya Rudolph, but I think she deserved more than、uh, what she got. No, I agree.、Yeah. Totally. She is, and she's hilarious in The Good Place. She's hilarious in The Good Place. She can say anything and deliver it with this, like, Maya Rudolph syrupiness. Like, she could just say a word and she can add, like, a head twitch to it or an over exaggeration. And it's just so funny. Hell yeah. Yeah. So I guess、yeah. my obsession also ties back to The Good Place. Fair. Yeah. I'm going to, we're with it. I'm gonna want me to wrap up here. Yeah, I think we're good. All right. 
Alright guys, thank you so much for joining us on our Jones Soda episode. It's a topic, but still kind of a relaxed bit episode, because we're about to launch into our next series. Courtney, are you ready for this? I'm so excited for this, to be honest. I think I was more excited at first. Yeah. But then, like, I told... Because I re- I recently... It's the Twilight series. We're doing the Twilight series, guys. Our holiday se- series is going to be the Twilight movies. You better hold on tight, spider monkey. I don't really like the rain. Doesn't he own a shirt? They are the gift that we didn't know at the time we needed, but now more than ever, mm-hmm. it is what we deserve. It's that sweater that your aunt gets you that you're like, mm, I don't like this, it's itchy, but then when you come back to it, you're like, you know what, this sweater's not so bad. I think I was kind of mean the, about this at first. The peacoat? The Edward Cullen peacoat? Yeah, or like the hair. If anybody pretended oh, to be man. him in a in a video or a Halloween costume, there was always this like Robert Pattinson wig. The Robert Pattinson wig, baby. <laughs> but um, we are covering Twilight, and I absolutely... I texted you immediately after watching the first movie. I was like, Courtney, you have no idea how funny this is going to be. Yeah. This is the, the... The only reason that this is lining up with the holiday season is because of when the movie gets released. And It got released in November of 2000, 2008. And then I googled... Merry Christmas, Twilight gifts, and oh boy, was that so many. That was a treat, and that is that is really the true meaning of Christmas. So we're here to provide that. The late MySpace, early Tumblr, like glitzy, gif, glitzy gifts of uh, Edward Cullen. Probably somebody's screen name icon. Man, this series is phenomenal. I'm just gonna put it up front. This because this this the first movie is literally the acting, the writing, yeah. and directing, and the lip of a, biting of a Neil Breen movie. Yeah, but with the Hollywood budget behind it. Yeah, every scene is hysterical. Yeah, it makes no sense. And like when you realize this, the books were written by a Mormon woman. Yep. It all makes sense. It's like, whoa, wait a minute. Okay, now I understand it because no wonder she thinks this is acceptable because it's totally not acceptable. Yeah, and the thing is, although I think we were just like a little too old to um, really get into the Twilight craze, it was still very prevalent in our culture. Like, you know, by the time that it was just announced that Kristen Stewart and Robert Pattinson would be in Twilight, You'd see the read poster with the two of them like hugging and looking sad in the library like the next week. Yes. Yeah. And we have so many fun stories to talk about with them. Yeah. Because their careers have taken off and I think they're both great. Mm-hmm. I feel bad that their like weird relationship was such in the public forefront and was like everybody saw them as the couple and then they break up and then you hear all these stories about the both of them mm-hmm. did was it like do you know you might know more than me was it a bad breakup or was it just like a, uh, we're not into each other anymore because of these movies i think it it varied it varied a lot um it went back and forth because first of all like i i watched a lot of indie movies with kristen stewart leading up to her acceptance of twilight um in the land of women speak i would say that her biggest budget movie at that point was zathura <laughs> Or what about um? She was in Panic Room, right? Oh yeah, that too. But like then, you know, you know, she's a kid, so 
Yeah. Um, I had kind of watched her like indie movies and I, I liked her career. So I was like, oh, good. She'll be in the public eye. And she hated that, which is fair. Um, no, she she cheated on Robert Pattinson with the director, the married director of the Snow White and the Huntsman really? movie. Yeah. Oh. But you know what's not fair to her? When they made the sequel, she was the only one who was not allowed to come back. They, I don't even remember they made a sequel to that movie. They did. Fuck that director. Like, yeah. here's the thing. Like, I don't know their drama. All I know is that it, they're really, I can, I can, I can understand why when your relationship is that public and it becomes, it's no longer yours. It's now the public. So I can get why she cheated. I'm not saying it's a good thing. And I think, you know, if Robert, if, you know, he's, it sucks for him, but you know, they're both doing great now, but Fuck the director of that movie, which, by the way, right. that movie's not amazing. It's kind of garbage. Yeah, like, they're not, you know, saving any cinematic art by keeping the director for the sequel and getting rid of yeah. Kristen Stewart. That's full of shit. But it was what one of fuck? those situations where she's more demonized than the other person in the relationship because she's the more public figure. Everyone was like, oh, my God, how could you do that to Robert Pattinson? They work things out, and then I think eventually, just later down the line, their relationship just lost steam. That happens. Yeah. Yeah. She does, she did reveal his kinks, which, as long as he's cool with it. Now people just know. Yep, yeah. everyone knows. Well, I don't think everybody knows, but she, but Robert Pattinson's got some kinks. Sure. <laughs> he does. I liked him with FKA Twigs. I thought they made a cute couple. Aw. Yeah. But, but that's that's their life. There's more to see when we start that mini series. Sad, dreary Seattle movie. Oh, oh, that would have been the perfect transition. Starting in Seattle with Joan Soda, and then going and into Seattle into... with Twilight. <laughs> you know, I've learned one thing watching Twilight. Twilight makes me want to eat a burger and fries. <laughs> Why is that, Tom? Because there's a scene. Okay, there's okay. I am a burger connoisseur. Now I, I kind of want a burger burgers. and fries. I love burgers, and my favorite type is like the smash burger that you get at like Shake Shack or right any any self proclaimed burger connoisseur who's like you gotta make the smash burger. But there is something to that diner style burger, mm-hmm. like not a hockey puck, not like a big thick ass burger, but like a normal burger from you get from a diner. With the lettuce and tomato on the side that nobody eats with a big basket of fries. Because mm. in the movie, when she gets to town and she's with her dad, which poor dad, like he... I know, the poor dad. That's the one thing that everyone is like, Jesus, that dad put up with so much. Poor dad. I. It's like, I, I think in real life, it's so funny. I think in real life, I know that dad. <laughs> Yeah, sure. I'm like, we all I'm like, we all know the girl or, you know, the uh, self-identifying female who has that, that dad. Person. And we know that dad. Yeah. And he's trying his best. Yeah. He's such a nice dad. He just doesn't know how to talk to children. Right. I'm also going to CC the dad on Pitch Perfect on this email because that dad yes. also tries really, really hard. And Anna Kendrick's character is just like... <sighs> like the whole time, she's like, "You understand oh. me, Dad?" Yeah. She's like, "I want to be a DJ, and I like stuff like Dad. Titanium by David Guetta and Sa- and Sia." <laughs> Poor Dad, but he eats at the diner that they go to, 
a big he has a big plate she eats it the first time but then afterwards she gets a salad because she's like you're gonna get a heart attack dad and he's like oh you should get all my business he's like a healthy then, looking dad he doesn't he's look a like healthy, yeah he, he looks like he can eat a cheeseburger i think because it's written from the perspective of a mormon woman yeah. trying to like talk about teenagers sure so so she's missing the point tremendously but that's what makes this movie spectacular, <laughs> hilarious, and so much fun is that it's literally everything wrong in a movie, yep. but with a Hollywood budget. It is – I want this movie series to have a comeback as like a cult film because it is just so much fun. Like it was easy to hate on it when we were in high school and like in college because like, oh, the bad Holy movie. Holy mother forking shirt balls are the yeah. same – fans of twilight the people who grew up to be the fans of you from netflix well at least you like they put it out there he's a psychopath right like he is a problematic character and that's like the thrill of the show right twilight is written from the perspective of a woman who's only understood problematic male relationships and saw them as normal right <laughs> and that's what carries over into like Fifty Shades of Grey, where you have oh, another so problematic, another problematic woman who wrote fan fiction about a problematic relationship, and was like, "Hey, do you want a couple million dollars to make this into a problematic movie?" And you know what the thing is too? I don't even like put any of that on Dakota Johnson and no. Jamie Dorn Dorman. One, I love Jamie Dorman in Once Upon a Time. I thought he was great. Um, also, he like bulked up huge to be. Uh, you know Christian Grey and also like Dakota Johnson I like Dakota Johnson I think she's a great actress I think she's like a very assertive individual and I love that like she speaks up for herself but those movies (laughs) they're not even sexy they're not they're very slow and sad and weird and vanilla like so vanilla you can tell because like you can tell this was written by a person. I don't want to say woman because it's not only women, but like it was written by a person who loves the idea of the of what they think BDSM is. Right. But then you look at it on paper, you're like, no, this is abuse. Like this is emotional, yeah. physical, manipulative abuse. And not saying you should ever be in that type of relationship, but you watch it and you're like, all right, she's putting up with so much garbage. She, the sex has to at least be good, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like he cries trying to have regular sex and he's like, I got to have it kinky. And then you're like, oh, he might have like, he, he, it's like, this is it. Oh, he might have like severe PTSD from somebody who took advantage of him when he was a teenager and he hasn't worked it out and has not had a safe and healthy relationship since and has not addressed any of that. No. <laughs> like this, like I remember I have a friend, we have two friends who went to see this together and they were explaining it to me. And We do? Yeah. Oh, we got to talk about this afterwards. Oh, okay. And I was just like, why? Like, why did you guys go to see this? I don't know. I saw Deadpool on Valentine's Day. That's a better Valentine's Day movie. It was a great Valentine's Day movie. It It might have been the same one. The love in that is more real. Yeah. The love in Deadpool was more real than anything from Fifty Shades of Grey. Fair. Well, that's where we're headed for our next miniseries. Yeah, so please... Please watch Twilight to be to like yeah. just because it's 
I promise and guarantee you a fun ride. You what you got to do. This is the order in which we got to do it. Courtney. Okay. Maybe maybe one of these movies. If we're both good with COVID and whatnot, we'll we'll do this together. Sounds good. It's a thing where you got to get a cheeseburger because that's that's the food of choice when you're watching Twilight. Big, specifically diner. Like don't go to Shake Shack. Do not go to McDonald's. Do not go to the Burger King. The Burger you must King. go to. You must go to a diner. Get yourself. A big platter, cheeseburger platter, with the lettuce and tomato. But don't eat the lettuce and tomato. But you can eat the pickle, and you must sit down and watch Twilight. And it is it's it's a wholesome, family friendly experience. Okay. <laughs> or we should do a drinking game. Both. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it can do. There's so many things, but that. Enough of me talking about how much I love that movie. I'm excited. Um, but yes, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Be sure to follow us at Remember the Zero Zero Podcast on Instagram. We also are on Spotify, Google, iTunes, Podbean, where most podcasts are found. Did I miss anything? I'm trying to think. I, don't I like think to so. get through the yeah. I get through the important robotic parts, and I'm like, oh well. Yeah, you go through like the boom, else. boom, 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 boom. No, it's great. Boom, boom. All right. That's it, guys. Have a nice day. Wait, do you remember that in elementary school where they read the morning announcement? It always ended with that awkward, have a nice day. I don't remember that. I do remember when they tried to do like a video one, and it was just like, hello, welcome to the Miniola news. Or <laughs> it would be like, hello, welcome to. Uh, cross street news channel like it was just a very awkward uh delivery every single time yes hopefully someday soon i will have we'll talk about high school av club and video production because i have lots of fun stories to tell about miniola sunrise report yes that's it that was so much fun (laughs) but thank you guys see you later stay tuned be well that's twilight Nevertheless, I'm just for the occasion. It's number 32. Now hear the situation. With the P moves your feet, then don't change the station. Your bags, you're leaving on a permanent vacation. Well, I'm a disaster. I'm like a microphone master. Put on the tape, a rock, and get a blaster. Stand up at the money, cause it tells the resort's about sweating all the f is in the bike I shorts. <laughs>